2: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
0: home and home if you could pick between $100,000 tomorrow or a million dollars in 10 years which would you pick and why? It is our Ask Reddit question of the day here on Home and Home, the Radio.com Sports Original. He's at Jason Mertitus at Jason Mert on Twitter. I'm Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL. The show at RDC Home and Home, where you can vote on the poll question, which is the Ask Reddit question today. The answers to this point, 58.6% say 1 million in a decade, 41.4% say a hundred K tomorrow. What say you, Jason Mertides?
3: Well, And I'm looking at some of the responses to the Twitter poll as well. Ross, um, like Jera CTN says hundred K. I have no guarantee. I'll be here in 10 years. Like, dude. I get it, but think about the kids, man. Think about your family. I got to go a million in 10 years, and even if I don't make it, well, that sucks, but at least my kids will be here, and I'm assuming that they can inherit the million as opposed to the 100 grand that I'm going to blow through like like a wet tissue. You know what I mean? So I got to go a million in 10 years. And maybe I can get a couple loans along the way so I can live a little better in the next decade.
0: So That's the right thing gotta, to do, isn't it? I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, that there's a lot to discuss here, bro. First of all, so many of the responses, it's, a, it's hilarious how many people are so confident that they could turn $100,000 Into a million in 10 years. Yeah. That is over a 26% annualized compound return. Good luck, dude. Good luck. 26% annualized for 10 straight years. No chance. That's not happening. Like that, that is a dream. The amount of people that think that, though, like, thats it's scary. We, we should maybe do... We should either do more of these type of questions or never do them again. I haven't decided yet, but it is scary. <laughs> I personally think the answer has a lot to do with where you are in your life, right? I think most people, most logical rational human beings would take the million dollars in 10 years. Now, if you're 75 years old and you know, you're not in greatest health or something, or if you're really hurting for money now, I guess I can see that. But even if you're really hurting for money now, you're getting by somehow, aren't you? I guess they don't want to take the chance of having to try to get by for 10 years and it'd be so much better not have to live paycheck to paycheck. I can see that. I I can see the hundred grand now, for people that are in that situation. But if you don't really need the money now, take the million in ten years, please. Yep. And set yourself up for it too, knowing knowing it's
3: going to be there. It the time's going to move slow as can be till you get there. But like I I do understand people too. Like they just. Some people are so crippled in debt that they just want to take the 100 grand and clear the deck. And that peace of mind that they have immediately makes living now better than it'll be in 10 years, provided they get there and get the million. So I understand that. But I mean, from from a fiduciary position, the taking the million in 10 years is the no brainer, even if you don't have kids or people to leave it to the fiduciary the responsible fiduciary decision is to take the million dollars because I-, I know all you people on twitter you got it all figured out you got the markets figured out for the next decade and you're going to get that 26% return i call total and complete bullshit you're not going to do it you'll end up with 200 grand and that's if you don't spend a nickel of the 100,000 by the way so
1: why which, take the by the, way, which now? by the way
0: which by the way if you're the person that thinks you can turn 100,000 into a million easily in 10 years, you're definitely also the person that's going to go spend a decent amount of that money. <laughs>
3: yeah, you're really going to have to turn 25 grand into a million because you're going to spend 75 on some stupid Maserati or something like that. And no, it's not. I take the mill in 10 years and I'll be good to go, knowing that when I'm I'll be roughly 48 years old in a decade, or 58 rather, I'll know that, I'm not working a day beyond that. And I'm going to so, save every nickel between now and then.
0: I thought bricks and bullets had a good response. He said 1 million in 10 years, get a loan against it, put the money to work earlier, or you can just live off the money. If you get, if you're getting a million dollars in 10 years, you can get a bank to loan you a hundred thousand now. Yeah. I know that's not what they're talking about, but, but you can almost sell it.
3: At six hundred thousand, you know, you can sell it to somebody. That in, a, yeah. in ten years, I'm going to get a mill. You give me six hundred now, and you're going to get an extra four hundred for somebody that's in a position where they can sell it. Like Russ, I'm watching this McMillions documentary on HBO about the Monopoly game with McDonald's and the million dollar prize winners. And basically, what the, these guys were doing, and the mob got involved, and the Colombo family, and all this stuff. I don't want to ruin it for people, but he was basically selling the million dollar winner tickets to people for a hundred grand and even sometimes even more upwards of like $400,000. You had to pay a hundred grand upfront to get the ticket to be a million dollar winner. And then every time you got a $50,000 check, you had to give another 10 grand and you got a $50,000 check for 20 years to, to get to the million. So it, it's pretty wild.
0: So I want to read these responses because I find this amazing. All right. You said, you said, Jerris, Jay Cutler says you all the annualized return would have to be more than 26% to turn that hundred K to 1 million in 10 years. If you think you can do that, you're wasting time in your normal job. Yep. Cody said hundred thousand dollars would wipe out our debt and allow us to live off of one salary and save the other, which would be more than 1 million in 10 years. Wait, what?
3: Okay, and you, but you got to be making hundred grand a year that you're saving and banking after taxes,
0: right? So why aren't you able to chip away at that debt and wipe away the debt now? I don't understand that one. Uh, wait a decade, because I can't invest anywhere at twenty-six percent return rate, which is what that comes to. I already told you. Um, <clears throat> this guy said not a bad idea. I saw it the other way. Take a hundred thousand and build it up through investments through ten years, dude. You're not. You're not You getting can't it. touch
3: the money anyway, and that's not a guarantee. That's as dumb as it gets.
0: If you're Sorry. smart with the hundred k, you could turn it into a, into millions in a decade. No, I'm old. I'm ten years from sixty six in Social Security. Don't know if I'll be dead in ten years. I'll likely make it until tomorrow. Also, one million in ten years could have less value than a hundred k does tomorrow. That's unlikely. You should um, account for inflation, but that's not going to happen. I took the hundred k because nobody knows what the dollar will be worth in ten years. People are really worried about the dollar in ten years. What is this Canada, where it's worth seventy four cents right now? <laughs> the, the thing is, I could take I that hundred thousand and I'm into more than one million. That's why. 100k now who knows what will happen 10 years from now you could turn 100k tomorrow into 10 million in a decade oh my gosh that's a guy's
3: a bills fan by the way i wanted to read that one he's a member of the bills mafia clearly still at a tailgate
0: yeah he literally he's the guy that jumps through the tables yeah. with his head first
3: <laughs> and then a guy oh, responded man. to him and said you could turn 100k into nothing
0: <laughs> that that is that this is scary This is legitimately scary. Speaking of scary, we have some scary news. If you are a Patriots fan, as Uh we jump into our all 32 offseason preview of the New England Patriots presented by 5-Hour Energy, the biggest burning question facing them this offseason, I mean, duh. Duh. Were you a duh guy or die? Were you no duh, duh in high school or were you no die?
3: No, I smacked guys that were die. You know, that's. Dude,
0: when you were in high school, duh was big, wasn't it?
3: It still is big. <laughs> duh. <laughs> I mean, come on, duh. Look, I was a lunk in. No, I mean, duh. It was...
0: Is duh like a word in the dictionary? It's got to be.
3: Duh. Duh. I'm going to check just because I need to know.
0: All yeah, right. it is. So
3: dictionary.com. Does that mean anything? Um, oh, it is in the Merriam-Webster
0: Dictionary. There you go. No duh. All right, Stained so we got some kind of breaking news as it All relates right. to Tom Brady. But before I let you know what that is, let's take a listen via the radio.com red zone and our affiliates to exactly what this Brady drama's been like so far.
3: I have an extremely hard time imagining that Tom Brady, who made sure to include a no-franchise, no-transition tag provision in his contract, who made sure he was going
4: to get to be a free agent for the first time in his career, takes a deal two days before free agency. Like, I just, why would he do that?
2: I think that they want Brady back, but I also think that they probably have a price in mind. And they probably would like Stephon Diggs, but they might have a price and not salary price, but draft capital Mm -hmm. or stuff that they have to give up in mind. And you wonder, do they feel like do they need to overpay for a guy like Diggs with a forty three year old Tom Brady? Like do they feel like that's the best chance of winning a Mm -hmm. Super Bowl? The one that that I believe is kind of the sleeping giant in this is Tampa Bay. If Jameis Winston is realistic, in my opinion, he'll be the quarterback of the Bucks next year but I'm hearing some things out of Tampa that he might want and, and his agents might want a little bit more money than the Bucks want to pay. Did Bruce Arians um, violate the uh, tampering rules in the NFL? We know what we're going to do, and uh, we still just got to see who else is available. You don't really know who's available until the tags come out and all that stuff if there's a guy really on the market. Does Jameis know that you know? Him? No. You've said before about door number two. Who's behind door number two? Well, that's the thing. You see all these names. You've never seen a quarterback market with like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a
0: 0% likelihood from folks who know the Cowboys franchise better than me. So that is uh, just blowing smoke on that.
2: Woo, Tommy Curran going with 0% chance of Tom Brady playing in Dallas. And what did you tell us the other day? I am I, going to completely 100% just kick that to the curb. What?
0: Let me kick that to the curb. There is a percent. I don't, I'm not going to put it, I'm not, I'm not going to put one on it.
2: I know for a fact. Oh, here we go. That, like, that is not a zero. You know, you sit here at the combine, you hear a lot of people say a lot of things, right. and you right. hear rumors. And there was a team that was mentioned last night that I stepped back and say, I would never say that publicly, but if it happens, uh, I guess I'll have Throw to. Throw it out there. Um, the team, I'm not, saying the team I heard mentioned was the Saints.
0: What? Yeah, that's just stupid. That's not happening. I I don't understand that at all. People, I mean, the combine, people must be loving the rumors down there about Brady. But, and that was Brady Quinn who said that. You also heard from Dale and Keith on WEI, Peter King, Bruce Arians, and former teammate Christian Fourier. But here's the news this morning. That matters. ESPN's Jeff Darlington on GetUp said, I'm now at the point where I would be stunned if Tom Brady went back to New England. So, hmm. reportedly, the Patriots haven't even reached out to Brady's agents yet at the Combine to meet. So perhaps that's a reaction from Brady, who's feeling disrespected. But maybe the Patriots thought, you know what? His agent's going to be talking to all these other teams. Let's get an idea. Like, let's let him get an idea for what he's got, what teams want him, how much money. And then we will talk to him and say, okay, what do you got? Here's what we can offer. So it might be that. I'll say this. The last long sit down on TV interview Tom Brady did, where he said and it was in his house, and he said he's not, that the Super Bowl against the Rams was not going to be his last game. He said, Remember, you said 0% chance it was his last game? That was with Jeff Darlington. And I guess the best way to describe it is. Jeff Darlington and Brady run in some of the same circles. So if Jeff Darlington says that, I would just encourage people to listen. I am not saying it's set in stone, but I would listen. That would be my, that would be my response, Jay.
3: Yeah. There's certain guys when they report on certain players that it holds a different level of credibility because you know, that that player has implicit trust in that reporter and that when that reporter and and Darlington wasn't reporting that it was his, that was an editorial comment that I would be stunned. And sometimes that is more impactful and that's what you need to read into. And that's good work by you, Russ to to go, Hey, when he said there was 0% chance and he was right, like, you know that he's got good information Vegas still believes that Brady's going to be back with the Patriots. They believe, minus 250, that he is the quarterback with the Patriots week one of next year's regular season in 2020. But where are the likely destinations? Is it Vegas? Is it the Chargers? Is it the Titans? There's a lot of suitable destinations. Uh, New Orleans is not one of them. That's like saying he's going to end up with the Baltimore Ravens when they got Lamar Jackson. You know He's not going there. But it's just weird to me that this has even gotten to this point. Do we buy Ross that do we call bullshit that his representatives haven't spoken to the Patriots at all this offseason? That just smells like bullshit to me. Like there had
0: to be well, something I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I just know that they have not Patriots haven't reached out to meet up at the combine.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: that's different. and you know, I'll say this it's not he's not a free agent. Until March 18th, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time between now and then. So even if right now he thinks he's going elsewhere, there's a lot of time between now and then that Robert Kraft or someone else could change Tom Brady's mind because he can't sign anything with anybody until March 18th. Remember that. That would be my point. I think it's interesting a lot of people are suggesting Mike Lombardi, Albert Breer, the Tennessee Titans. And I know they're not the they're not the focus of this all 32, but would you do that if you were the Titans? Like Ryan Tannehill just had a really good year. Ryan Tannehill is young. Would you rather go with Brady and let Tannehill walk?
3: Yeah, I absolutely would, because I think Tannehill was a game manager. And if you had a guy in Brady who was a game manager with that running game and Derrick Henry, they could win a Super Bowl. That, that, you got the Vrabel factor and the fact that those two played together and the, the long history together. I think that's a great fit. And I've heard Mike Lombardi suggest that. Uh, Because of Rabel. And look, Tannehill did a nice job. But if the Tennessee Titans want to win a Super Bowl, bring in Tom Brady. They're a team built to do it with that running game. And to me, that would be an attractive location for Brady as well. Because of that running game at this point in his career. If Tom Brady's going to go anywhere, he has to believe that the team he's going to has the potential to win a Super Bowl so he can get out from behind the shadow of Bill Belichick and that, and that you know the argument of it is it Brady or is it Belichick or some combination thereof he's not going to a team that he does not believe he can't be playing in a Super Bowl next year with in my opinion because then it all, all the say the Patriots have a great year and they go to a Super Bowl without Tom Brady and he goes and has a 9 and 7 season with the Chargers then the legacy gets dampened a bit Despite the fact that it's an incredible legacy of all those Super Bowls. So he's the the only thing I my thing is, if he's going to a team, he believes they can win a Super Bowl, that he's the piece that they need. I think Tennessee is one of those teams. I don't think the Raiders are one of those teams. And I don't think the Chargers are other than the Raiders. The only thing that the lure there is that they're going to Vegas.
0: Yeah, well, I think the I think that the Raiders and the Chargers really want Tom Brady, but I think they really want him for business purposes. I, I think yep. they really want to get off to a great start in these new stadiums and the buzz of having the greatest quarterback of all time. I wonder if that intrigues Brady or if he kind of knows he'd be getting used in that way. You know what I mean?
3: Well, use me all you want if you pay me money. But he's got so much money now already. Like, I, like, I'm prepared to be used. Whatever you need him to use me for, just pay me for it, and I'm good to go. Anybody can be bought. But he's got so much dough already from not even just the NFL, and his wife makes a huge amount of money. But to, to me, I think the most important thing to Tom Brady, when the rubber meets the road, is going to be the ability to win a Super Bowl next season without Bill Belichick. How it even got to this point is is one of the great mysteries of sport to me because Tom Brady is the greatest sport team sport athlete of all time, in my opinion, surpassing Wayne Gretzky. So if he can win somewhere else, Gretzky wasn't able to do it. If he can win somewhere else, then the, the legend grows even further, in my opinion.
0: So let's talk Patriots a little bit because they are the feature of this all 32 and let's assume for argument's sake, that Tom Brady's gone, who are their quarterback options at that point that you think they would strongly consider the guys that came to my head right away would be Tannehill Teddy Bridgewater and, or maybe a trade, for Andy Dalton, who just kind of feels like a Patriots-type quarterback? Boy,
3: (laughs) I'll never feel bad for the people in New England after being spoiled the way they have been, but Andy Dalton would underwhelm me. I mean, all of them are going to underwhelm in comparison to Tom Brady, but the one that makes the most sense to me is probably Tannehill because I think that Belichick would think that he can do the most with Tannehill more so than Andy Dalton, especially based on last year.
0: Let me ask you this, Jay, because I'm a little bit biased. Let's assume Brady goes somewhere else. Do you want to see him have success in that other place, or do you not?
3: I do. Um, And the reason I do – and I hate the Patriots. You know, As an Eagle fan, I hate the Patriots. They stole a Super Bowl from the Eagles in the 2004 season, the 05 Super Bowl, in Jacksonville with Spygate. But still – Look, as a guy who loves sports, to be able to see the entire career as an adult of the greatest team sport athlete of all time, I want the legend to grow more. I got to see Michael Jordan's entire career. I got to see Kobe's entire career and Shaq, and I'm seeing LeBron's entire career now. I like seeing the greatest of greats achieve even more. And if he can step out of the Belichick shadow and win a Super Bowl with a team like the Tennessee Titans, to me, that's great theater. And, it's, and it makes him even greater. He's already going to become this mythological figure 10 times greater than Joe Montana or John Elway. But if he's able to do it after, after being 43 years old and doing it in Tennessee, man, that's incredible, Ross. I want to see success. I. Now, if my team goes against them in the Super Bowl, if the Eagles were to play Tennessee in the Super Bowl, I want the Eagles to win, of course. But I still want to see them have
0: success because I love the storyline. All right. Now, what about the opposite question? Do you want to see Belichick and the Patriots have success without Brady? Fuck Belichick. No,
3: Uh, no. Well, Belichick's the greatest team sport coach of all time. But no, I don't want to see Bill Belichick have any more success. And it's not because I think he's this grizzly guy. And, you know, his you know, we're on to the Bengals, that whole thing. Like, I like that stuff with him. And I think he's hilarious because, like, Rome could be burning. And he's like, yeah, we're worried about the Jets. They're a really good football team. No, they're not. Everybody knows it. But that's Bill Belichick. But no, I'm tired of their success. And I'm tired of the people in New England acting. They're just so arrogant about it. They've been spoiled so bad with all the championships from 2000 until now, from all the Patriots, six Super Bowls, to the Celtics getting one, to the Bruins getting the two cups and winning one, and then the Red Sox ending the curse and winning a couple World Series. I'm Enough already with the New England success. Have your clam chowder, enjoy it, and go back to being losers.
0: By the way... I'm totally with you. I hope Brady crushes it somewhere else. And I hope the Patriots struggle because let's be honest, if Brady doesn't go back, it's because of Belichick. I mean, that's yeah. the reason it's because of Belichick. So this would be Belichick's fault. If Brady does not go back, it is a Thursday, which means you are about to enter the greatest 30 minutes of your week. Nick Costos. From You Better, You Bet will join us and we return here to Home and Home, the radio.com sports original. We are back, and before we dive into some of the best bets for the weekend, we first want to talk a little bit more about Brady and Belichick with Nick Costos, the award winning host of the award winning You Better, You Bet. I don't know if they've won any awards or he has yet, but I just like to say that. And if they haven't yet, they will, because he's an absolute stud. Love talking with Nick. Don't let the hair fool you. He is a good guy and good at what he does. Uh, Nick, it's Ross Tucker and Jason Mertitas filling in for Dave Briggs today. We were just talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I actually have a few questions for you as far as that's concerned. I guess the first question, forget even the betting stuff, right? Let's assume well, where do you where do you think Brady should go?
4: He should go to Tennessee. Right? By the way, what's up, guys? What's up, Jason? Good to talk to you, brother. What's Jason up? was on You Better You Bet a Nick? couple weeks ago talking some NHL. We loved it. Um, he should go to Tennessee, man. Like, bring back Derrick Henry. Have the Titans bring back Henry. They've got Dion Lewis already, whom Brady's obviously familiar with from from New England. They've got a badass offensive line, and that was obvious
0: Call from Mom. Answer it.
4: one of of New England's problems last year, especially with David Andrews up front, their center, um, with the illness that he had. They've got the offensive line. They've got the offensive weapons with A.J. Brown. Corey Davis is not a bad complimentary piece. They've got other good complimentary pieces, like Adam Humphreys would catch like 80 passes in a Tom Brady offense. Tajay Sharp could be decent in a Tom Brady offense. John Smith is a pretty good tight end, better than anything that the Patriots have have put put out there last year after Rob Gronkowski retired. And if they can get this defense ramped up a little bit here under Mike Vrabel, and Vrabel obviously pretty good coach, Coach proved that with the the road wins at New England and at Baltimore in the AFC playoffs this year. I mean, I think if if Brady goes to Tennessee, I think you put them, like, maybe not right up there with Kansas City. Their win total is eight and a half right now. The Titans with Tom Brady win double-digit games next year, win the AFC South. I personally want to see Tom Brady with the Tennessee Titans. I think that would be so awesome.
3: Nick, do you want to see the Patriots fail miserably like
4: I Um, do? Know if I want to, see. no, because I I love Belichick and like and I and I like I like worship greatness and their greatness personified. And I think back to 2008, you know, coming off the 18 and one season where they lost to my New York Giants in Super Bowl 42, and like the whole talk was like the the revenge coming off of that Super Bowl loss, and then Bernard Pollard goes low um, in that week one game in 2008. Brady tears his ACL um, out for the season. Enter Matt Castle. Patriots still win 11 games. Now, in a very slu- a fluky scenario that year, the Dolphins also won 11 games under Chad Pennington, and the Patriots didn't make the playoffs despite winning 11 games here. But I'm kind of looking at this year where if Tom Brady signs elsewhere, I think people are going to be down on the Patriots. I don't know who their next quarterback would be. If it would be, maybe they signed Ryan Tannehill in a delicious bit of irony. You know, maybe it's someone in the draft. Maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe it's Jared Stedham. I don't really know it. I don't really care. All I know is I've got faith in Bill Belichick to put a winner out there on the field, especially in an AFC East where we expect Buffalo to take the next step, but who knows? You know, the Miami Dolphins are obviously probably still a year away, especially if they draft a quarterback. And can you really trust Adam Gase and the Jets? So I don't think this division is really like, all it's going to be cracked up to be heading into next year. So if Brady signs elsewhere, I think there's going to be opportunity to make money on the Patriots going over whatever their win total will end up being, minus Tom Brady.
0: All right, so here's my question, Nick. Let's get back to the Titans for a second. Ryan Tannehill was seven and three as the starter in the regular season, turned their season around, won two road playoff games at New England and at Baltimore against the 14 and two Ravens, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 9.6 yards per attempt he's 31 years old do you think the titans should go after brady instead of Tannehill, and why what 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 makes you think that that brady's better than Tannehill?
4: well uh, what i don't even i don't even i don't even understand like what that question means like how is ryan is tom brady better than ryan Tannehill? yes (laughs) Yeah, I watch the fucking games, Ross. So do you. Like, and I know you can go back and you could say last year, like maybe like Tannehill was better than Brady. I would also say Tannehill was in a better situation. Also, he's top fucking Brady. It's Tom Brady. You know who else won road playoff games? And I'm not trying to, like, say Ryan Tannehill is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez went on the road and beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. Mark Sanchez went on the road and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Mark Sanchez went on the road and beat Carson Palmer and the Bengals, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. He's still Mark Sanchez. Like, I like Ryan Tannehill. I think Tannehill had a career resurgence last year. I think he probably deserves, at the very least, to compete for a starting job somewhere. But, Ross, what the fuck are we talking about, man? What well, we're saying? Are we are we sure Tom Brady's better than Ryan Tannehill? Yes. I am certain that Tom Brady is better than Ryan Tannehill. I am absolutely 100% certain. <laughs> Ron, Ron,
0: All right.
4: Like so asking then...
3: if, if Yao Ming is taller than Muggsy Bogues.
4: <laughs> right? I mean, come mean... on here. What, what are we talking
3: what, about? What kind of here? question is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, yes, the thing.
0: Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Tom Brady's a, what, one-year, two-year thing? Tannehill could be a five- to seven-year thing if you're the Titans and you feel good about him.
4: Well, I'll ask, today. I'll ask – Well, can I ask you guys this and, like, see what you guys think? Like, in all seriousness, because this is going to answer the question. Do you think Ryan Tannehill's a guy, and he's a good – he deserves to compete for a starting job. I'm not trying to shit on the guy. Is he a guy that you want to hand the keys of your franchise to for five to seven years?
0: Not based on last year, but if he did what he did last year again, yeah.
4: I don't know. I'd rather have one to two years of Tom Brady and go from there because their window's open right now. Oh, wide open right now in Tennessee. And like, you look at the landscape of the AFC, like Baltimore is going to be back, but I think you can make a case that they're going to regress a little bit. I mean, they went 14 and two. They're probably not going to go 14 and 2 again. They should regress a little bit. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he has, he, like he's fucking hasn't seen a fucking treadmill in six months. The guy's fucking fat, like legitimately fat. Um, Cleveland's going to be better, but I don't. I mean, are they going to be that much better that they're going to contend for AFC supremacy? Do you trust any team in the AFC South except for maybe the Tennessee Titans? And you've got the Chiefs, obviously, but and they're going to be great. But if the Chargers don't get Brady, who are they going to start the season with? Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert? I mean, then you can't really count on them. I mean, the Titans with Tom Brady are going to be right up there in the AFC elite, like right up there, maybe number two, only behind the Kansas city chiefs. I, I think that if Brady is serious about leaving new England, the Titans would be insane to not sign Tom Brady. It is, it is the perfect fit. You right, and I are so on then, the
3: exact same page. I totally yeah, so agree. Here,
0: here, so you are right. Here's my question. Do you, <laughs> do you do any future stuff right now, Nick, or do you wait till after the draft or after free agency? Like, have you made any NFL futures season win totals bets yet?
4: No, I don't think you can. It's something that you have to wait. And also, like, you don't want to have your money tied up for, like, a, for like a, almost like a full calendar year. And there's so much shit that could happen in between now and the start of the season. I mean, injuries, obviously, player movement, the draft. We haven't seen free agency yet, obviously. So there's so much that's got to happen. So, I mean, I have an idea of some, like, win totals that I'm looking at and, like, an idea of kind of, like, how I feel about some of these futures based on like coaching hires and based on, you know, narratives from one year to the next. But I, I'm not going to plunk my money down for a while here as far as the NFL futures are concerned.
3: Nick, at this point, are you st- like, are you uh, going through the withdrawal symptoms now of the NFL? Like, there's a lot to bet on this time of year, which is great, whether that's the NBA or whatever. I mean, you're going to get into golf betting soon, for goodness sake, with the Masters. But uh, at this point, are you starting to go, like, oh man, I miss betting the NFL already. The regular season, in game, week to week, and all that, because you're only like three to half four weeks removed from the Super Bowl, not even. And I'm chomping at the bit already. That's why I like. I'm I'm all pumped up about the stupid ass combine tonight to watch dudes run around in shorts.
4: No, I got. I'm I'm good. I'm good on the NFL for a couple months. I'll I'll start missing it probably Let's like in beating? the dog days. No, <laughs> I mean I mean I, I didn't have a great NFL season, but I mean that doesn't really. I don't really care about that. It's just. It's more like it, it just dominates like my entire life for like five months and like I'm happy to have my life back. Honestly, that's the candid answer. I love the NFL. It's by far my favorite sport. When the season's here, I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I'll I'll get ramped up and start to get excited around training camp when it's just baseball over the summer. But like, you know what I'm really happy about in non-football season? That I don't have to spend all day Saturday and all day Sunday in front of the television. And while like I love it in the moment. Like it's awesome. I'm happy to have my life back. I have my life back to an extent right now without football season being here. It's like our busy season. I describe it like for people that aren't in the industry, it's like accountants, their busy season, like, like around, around tax day, obviously that's what NFL season is like for us in the sports media. So I'm actually really happy that it's gone right now. I'm I'm happy to have some free time back.
0: All right. So, so you don't place any bets on the combine, like 40 times. Oh no, I did
4: Oh, I did. Yeah. I bet Joe Burrow, Uh, he's not even, he's not even running, right? Burrow. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's not, he's not working out at all. So I guess that bet, that bet's going to get canceled. I mean, all these numbers get hit immediately after, after they open. So like you have to be ready to bet them at open. Like Henry Ruggs, for instance, his 40 yard dash time got, got steamed all the way down because people think he's going to run really fast. Um, I don't think – and the one bet that I would probably make, I don't think anyone's going to break John Ross's time of 4.22, the all-time 40-yard dash time. Um, you have to get some – I haven't looked at it since yesterday, so I don't know what the juice is on it, but I don't think anyone's going to break the John Ross' time of 4.22. But I can tell you that Henry Ruggs got hit, and I was expecting Joe Burrow to run um, a decently fast time, and now my bet's going to get canceled, which is bullshit. So, but yeah, so, so yeah, I got so, some combine stuff.
0: All right, so I got this email yesterday from BetOnline, okay? You can bet on the quarterback with the highest Wonderlick score.
4: Oh yeah, I got that at my local. Okay. Yep.
0: So so first of all, how do you like that information's never supposed to get public? Secondly, I'm yeah, looking you know at it. it. Justin Herbert 3 to 2, Jake Fromm 5 to 2, Jalen Hurts 4 to 1, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa Poor Kelly Bryant is 10 to one. And I want to know who are the guys setting these lines and what is it based on? I, like,
4: I don't know. Maybe you transfer to Missouri, that, you go to 10 to one. I think that's the answer.
0: I mean, Bryant. think about that though. Like they're sitting there and they're like, yeah, I, I watched that picky through against Wyoming in week two. He's not gonna be a good lit guy. That was a terrible decision.
4: Like, how do they know? Who is setting these lines? I'm sure that they that they talk to people that know these kids and have a sense of you know what what they, whether they're intelligent or not. I mean, they're not gonna. You can't bet pr- things like that for like large amounts of money, obviously, because there's there's too much liability. But I am sure that the people that are setting these lines are not just like arbitrarily being like, oh, like you know Kelly Bryant, uh, you know he threw a terrible pick, so he must be dumb and so they put that line up. I don't think that's the case. I'm sure that they're talking to people that have a sense of of where these kids are and what they're at. Um, I can say that while my degeneracy is pretty pretty up there, it has not reached the point where I would consider betting on Wonderlick scores over or under, so I I have avoided that thus far.
3: You stay away from the Wonderlick, man. Ross stay away is, from is listed on a website as one of the highest Wonderlick performers in the history of the draft.
4: Well, the motherfucker went to Princeton, I hope so. <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't even remember I would, I would, I would, I would what help? I got.
0: I, I, I remember distinctly my agent saying, Don't get them all right. Because Why? That's you're like too a, smart. Because, because my agent went to Yale and I didn't like I tried to get I tried to get them all right. You know, it I think I could have gotten them all right, but you only have like 12 minutes. Yeah. So like I don't even think I got to like the last two or three, right? Um but you know what was the old George Young phrase, Nick, where he said, "You know, football is not for the well-adjusted." The no, old Giants Parcells. GM.
4: That's a par- That's a, I think that's a Parcells line. Yeah, football's not yeah, for the well-adjusted.
0: I don't think. Let's put it this way. I don't think Bill Parcells is looking for a lineman that got a perfect on the wonder Okay. I don't think 100%. that's what he's looking for. In fact, 100%. I don't think. I think that's part of the reason why Parcells cut me in Dallas. I don't think he was <laughs> real keen. On a guy that went to Princeton at all to be honest with you. I don't it's think probably that like
4: was fucking really fucking Tucker. Tucker went to fucking Princeton. Guy thinks he's smarter than me. I can I get Hey, see I'll never that.
0: I'll never forget. I'll never forget. This is a true story. I, I never told you guys this, okay? It's like February, late January or February. And in the NFL, you're allowed to you're away for a couple months till the offseason program starts. But the Cowboys call a team meeting. And you got to be there for the team meeting. So they fly you in for this February 7th or January 28th, whatever it is, meeting, because Parcells wanted to talk to us. So we all fly in. It's hilarious because half the guys are sitting in the meeting room 20 minutes early because they're all scared shitless of Parcells. But we sit there. He says a couple things. And then he has this big book. And he says, you guys know what this is? This is a compilation of all your penalties from last year. <laughs> and he said, he said, uh, no, he said, where's Tucker? And I'm like, oh shit, like, cause he's talking about penalties. Yeah. I'm like yeah. right here. He's like, what's a compilation? And I'm like. Uh, it's a bunch of smaller things combined into one to make a bigger thing. He's like, that's right. And I knew Tucker would know that because he went to Princeton (laughs) and, and then he, you know, and then he goes on about how there's all these penalties, like eight a game and blah, blah, blah. It's a combination of all the penalties over the past year, whatever. After the meeting, like five guys come to me and they're like, dude. Thank God he asked you. I had no idea what a compilation was. <laughs> nice. Nice. It was just funny. But, like, the point is, is it was already in his head that I went to Princeton. And oh, yeah. I, you, you could, I, he just didn't like it. I knew it. I knew it right then. He didn't like it. When he cut me, he told me how he knows all the CEOs on Wall Street. I'm like, to use a Costos phrase, I'm like, hey, listen, guy. I went to Princeton. I can get an interview with any of the Wall Street firms. I want to play football. I'm here yeah. to play football. I thought that yeah. was really insulting. So, whatever. Um, that's my- <laughs> uh, That's still, my you personal... hanging on to it
4: still. It's pretty yeah, cool that's though, my even personal. though he did cut you. It, it's pretty great that that happened though. Like, like that. You, you've had a fucking interesting life, man. There's no doubt about it, that's pretty cool. All
0: right, all right, so Nick, let's stick with football though. Before great. we get to the Ask Reddit question, and we find out how smart you really are. (laughs) Good luck. XFL. XFL. Are you betting it this weekend? Are you finding value? Are you liking it?
4: Yeah, I mean, of course we're betting it. Now, the value is gone on one of the games I'm going to talk. It's not gone. I still like it. A book somehow opened up DC as an underdog at Mark Trussman in Tampa Bay, which was insane, and you knew it wasn't going to last. It was like one of those things on like Twitter where the, the lines get opened and everyone immediately is like, holy shit, DC's an underdog in this game. Um, yada, 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 to use a Seinfeldism. DC is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Tampa. I am not scared off by that, despite the fact that DC got annihilated last week by Josh Johnson in L.A. I will look to lay it with DC, but again, worth noting, The line has already moved like three, three and a half points towards D.C. I still like D.C. I have a lean towards Houston in their game at Dallas. There's a case to be made. These are the two best teams in the XFL. St. Louis may have something to say about that. We'll talk about them in a second. But this should be a really good game. I lean towards Houston in this spot as a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I just think they're the best the best team right now, and I, and I think that's going to manifest itself in this game, and they've got the best quarterback right now, so I lean towards Houston laying a point-and-a-half on the road at Dallas. Um, We mentioned Josh Johnson and the L.A. Wildcats. They're now a touchdown favorite on the road at the Guardians, who just look absolutely terrible. You've got Ross's Penn State boy, Matt McGloin, You're shitting down his leg. He's terrible. Marquise Williams is terrible. I'm only looking one way in this game, and this may be a square play and a chalky play that may end up screwing me because it's a big number on the road, but I'm going to lay it with Josh Johnson and the Wildcats on the road. Also, earlier in the week, I bet Wildcats futures at 12 to one. They're now down to eight to one right now to win the, to win the XFL. And I mentioned, we'd get into St. Louis and Seattle. St. Louis is a 12 point favorite at home against Seattle. Seattle's really bad. Jim Zorn's a fucking clown. St. Louis looks like one of the better teams in the league at this point here. St. Louis really likes to run the ball. They run the ball more than any team in the XFL. Seattle's run defense is actually not bad. I expect St. Louis to win this game, but the number is really inflated here. So I'm going to take those points with Seattle plus the 12, but I think St. Louis will eventually win the game. So DC give me Seattle as a dog give me LA as a road favorite and give me Houston as a road favorite this weekend in the XFL
3: Nick can you find it in that at Vegas these lines are obviously more flawed than an NFL line would be just because of the lack of history and the lack of information and that's a good way uh, yeah. to capitalize
4: well, yeah, I mean, defi- the mo- the NFL is by far the sharpest market. It's the hardest market to beat. So I think comparing yeah. anything to the NFL, then you would say certainly. But, I mean, like last weekend, for instance, the most ridiculous line, I think I've I- – I said it on You Better You Bet last week, and I wish I'd put more money on it um, – LA getting eight at home against DC last week with Josh Johnson, like finally healthy was one of the worst lines I've seen and was probably the easiest football bet of this football season, including the NFL and college football, like DC opening up as a, as a, as a dog against Tampa. Like that's an easy bet to make. Like that's one where like everyone looks at it and you're like, Oh my God, this is a no brainer. Any, everything compared to the NFL is easy because there's, a million, everyone's laser focused on every single team. I think there's definitely money-making opportunities in the XFL. And I think, like I said, I kind of think that Seattle's a decent opportunity this week. And I think DC's are really, those are my two favorites, I would say. Seattle and DC, not as much LA, not as much Houston. Those are more like closer to toss-ups, but I like DC and Seattle this week.
0: All right, Nick, we've also been talking about our Ask Reddit question of the day. And I don't want to ask you a leading question. I just want your response, which I'm hoping is epic, but maybe it won't be. If you could pick, especially as a professional gambler like you are, if you could pick between $100,000 tomorrow or a million dollars in 10 years, which one would you pick and why?
4: Oh, that's a great question. I think you can make a case for both of them intelligently, right? Um, I'd probably take... I would probably take the $100,000 tomorrow and because who knows what a million dollars is going to be worth in 10 years, and also we have to wait 10 years for it. And I would probably, now that the stock market's really low because of the coronavirus shit, and I think the market's going to come back up, like in not maybe not really short order, but it's going to come back up here in the near future. Everyone I've talked to has said that. And I'd probably look to invest and buy low in some of these stocks with $100,000 and make more than a million dollars. So that's what I would do. i take the $100,000 and I would invest it into the market now, now that it's low because of the virus, and it's going to come back up, and I'm going to make more than a million dollars
3: yeah I knew he would be a risk taker. There was no question about it. You want to put the money in play. If you're waiting around for ten years, you're going, shit, what am i? I, I can't mess with this money?
4: Well, i I will say that when it comes to stuff like this, I am generally like pretty risk averse. So like I've got like a decent amount of money tied up into the stock market, but it's all like really like low risk shit that like takes time to make money over time. I said to the guys, I was like, the one thing I don't want to do is lose all the money. That's I would rather, just steadily gain and not have the big spike and not risk losing everything. But I mean, look, I, I, I think kind of think that's a, a, I mean, 10 years is a long ass time. And it's like, I have a lot of confidence in myself to make a lot of money. So it's like, I think that I'll be okay financially. So I'll take the money now as opposed to wait for it in 10 years.
0: All right. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Nick. Let's assume that the, the market hadn't dropped a lot like it did the last couple of days for the coronavirus and that you weren't anticipating getting a big, quick bump. Let's say we asked you this question last week.
4: i okay? take the million. Okay. Well, b- because, like I said, and that Plus kind of like so I take relieved. something from the, ans- oh,
0: I, I, from the I, answer dude, that I, I gave. I was about yeah. to ban you from existence as a human being. That is over 26% annualized for 10 years.
2: Yeah. The amount no of
0: people that have replied to this poll question that are like, I'll take the $100,000 now and just turn it into more than a million, are morons.
4: Well, Ross, Do you know how hard to, be, that to is? be fair, to be fair, Ross, like we are blessed to make a good amount of money for a bullshit job, let's be honest, where we fucking talk about sports and, and entertain and just fucking say whatever. A lot of people don't don't have a lot of money. So like, I'm not going to crush people for taking the $100,000. No no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm okay with you saying $100,000 because you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck or you want to pay off your debt or whatever. But if your answer is $100,000 because I'm going to turn that into millions or I could easily make more than a million in 10 years, nobody is getting 26%, more than 26% annualized every year for 10 years. Good luck to you, sir. Good luck. Now your response was a little more interesting because I don't know what percent the market's down the last few days, but I still don't think, I mean, I haven't, I don't follow it closely enough to know how much the market was down in the last few days. And like, if you expected to bounce back in the coming weeks, how much of a bump up you'd get right away. But I still think the answer is probably the million over in 10 years not to mention the fact that if you know you're getting a million in 10 years, you could sell that to somebody right now for $500,000 who'd be willing to take that. Or you could take a loan out and get over the $100,000 in the loan right now. I mean, there's a million different reasons why you should take the million in 10 years. But you at least had you at least brought some new logic to the wrong answer. So thank you.
4: Well, uh, we'll also, like, I again, like, I have enough confidence in my ability. Like, if it weren't for, like, I would take the million just because, like, I make I make a good amount of money and, like, I feel like I'll, I always will, honestly. So, like, I don't need the million dollars right now. Like, it'd be nice to have. But I'll take the million in 10 years. But, listen, like, I could be wrong about this, but, like, I've talked to a lot of people that I trust. And, like, everyone thinks the market's going to come back around. Again, maybe not, like— this week or like next week, but the market's going to come back around here. And I think it's going to come back around in a major way. So I'm like, I'm chilling right now. I'm not panicking about it. And I, and I think that that would be, you know, that's what I would do. I would take the thousand and I would invest it right now. And I think I would make a lot of money doing that.
3: Gra- grab the hundred grand and invest it in the company that makes those masks because they're like <laughs> gouging people around the world right now. Dude, to get a hundred of those masks costs you $120 right now. Because yeah, but the, I can't do, like— are, Because who, people are having a fucking but, meltdown because of the coronavirus.
4: Who, yeah, but who's that that, that Shrekly dude who was, like, whatever the fuck, the guy, the pharma bro who was, like, gouging people on, like, medicine and shit? Like, fuck that shit. I can never get—I can't get involved in shit You like that. You couldn't live with yourself? That guy's going to burn it—no, that guy's going to burn in hell. Yeah, I got no interest in doing that. What guy? What happened? The dude, Martin Shrekley, whatever the guy's name is, who, like, was, like—they called—his nickname was Pharma Bro, and, like— I don't know the full story here, but the gist of it is that he was like gouging people on like medicine that people needed to survive, and was basically like, "Fuck it, like I'm a greedy motherfucker. You want to live, like pay." And I could be getting the details wrong here, but that's the basic gist of it. I think he's in jail, and he'll burn in hell. Like that's evil. Like he had like, I have like no an antidote, in involved like, in that shit.
3: He had like an antidote oh. for for a sickness, and he was like, "Yeah, I can save your life. It's gonna cost you two hundred and fifty grand, though."
4: Yeah, Total capitalism
3: that on steroids.
4: <laughs> that's, not, that, that's not capitalism on steroids. That's evil. That, that, fuck yeah. that guy.
3: Wow. Yep, you're not rich, you're not rich enough great. for me to save your life.
0: Seven-year yeah. sentence. I bet you that sentence isn't going to go real well for him. It's going to be a rough no. seven.
4: I'd rather be poor than make my money like that. I'd rather have no money than do that.
0: When they find out what he did in jail, he's going to have a rough go of it.
4: I, I hope so. That would that would be my sincere hope is that he has a rough go of it because he fucking deserves it.
0: Karma. Bitch. <laughs> that is that is rough. Nick Costos, you better, you bet, 6 to 10 PM Eastern time every single day. I will be on that show Monday and Tuesday next week. Very much looking forward to it. Really appreciate the time, Nick. Thanks so much for coming on the show as always.
4: Should I wear my hair back pulled back like this, Ross, when when you come on the show on Monday? Do you like that? Or what do you think?
0: What what I don't want to get into it. I, I, I'd love to know what <laughs> what 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 message you're trying to send with that.
4: Well, it's not. Like, so I just do what I, I just do what I want to do. This is what I want to do. So yeah. I'll do it. That's it. Kind of feel, feel kinda of,
0: let's do. talk about it after the show because okay. it kind of feels like a cry for help. So I'm no, here I'm for good. you. I just want I'm good. To I don't want. How
4: about this buddy? I don't want to try for help. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. I'm good. Hey, uh
0: tomorrow's show, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. None whatsoever. We didn't do our favorite Tiger Woods meals, but we'll figure it out. Home and Home will be on tomorrow 8:30 to 10:30 a.m. Eastern time here on the radio.com app. That's a tease right there. No idea what we'll talk about. None whatsoever.